What have you got there on the back of your hand? Um, it's kind of just like notes to myself. On the back of Lockie's left hand is a series of initials and numbers. I've got L.C, mm -hmm. which is a reminder of today. We're chatting at Lockie's house. Well, in the guest house behind his house. Okay. It looks like permanent marker. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's probably not too good for my hand, but um, yeah. I came across Lockie through a photo access exhibition called Muse. He exhibited a black and white shot of a pensive looking older man that was simply called Dad 2017. Um, and Chem? Oh, Chem. Chem. Yeah, okay. that's um to order some chemicals with school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's just like general like photo ideas like put through there. Lockie is 17, so of the generation that's never known a time before the smartphone. And yet, he shoots primarily on film. 35 is a reminder of, I think it's a number of like film roles I'm up to in scanning. Given Lockie prefers film over digital photography, it's actually pretty fitting that his to-do list is on the back of his hand instead of on his phone. And uh, there's just some other random letters that I've kind of forgotten what they mean, but hopefully they'll come back to me. You're listening to Love Canberra, a show about love, sex and relationships here in the heart of the nation. I'm Ivana Ho. In the attic-like second story of the guest house, Lockie and I talked photography. We discussed how people have a tendency to behave differently when they realise they have a camera pointed at them. Could make a more up photo of it. Lockie, as the person who's usually behind the camera. I'd mm -hmm. prefer if you like did what you did before or something like that. But I mean, if you ask that person, they'd probably say, oh no, I'm probably better when I'm self-conscious because that's the image they want of themselves. They're mm -hmm. trying to convey that image. Okay. But I, I think I think to other people, you might you might prefer the image of when they're like when they don't really care that they're being watched or anything like that. Mm. I think that it's kind of the case for everyone. Mm. Everyone's not the same the whole entire day. They'll be different from when they're around different people. But if it's what they want, you kind of start to think, oh, they've changed, but it's not really false because. Mm. It's what they want. Do you think that applies to you as well? Do you feel like you change throughout the day? And how do you how do you want to present yourself to other people? And how do you think you are naturally? I think it definitely applies to me as well. Sometimes I like I change when I'm with my camera, or when I'm just out, or when I'm at school. When I'm home alone, I could be like really introverted, and when I'm at school, I could be really like out there. But I definitely do change around different people because, like, you want to be accepted, so you kind of want to change. You're introverted at home? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Like, even then, it, it's changed for me. I've become more introverted, I would say, as my brothers have moved away. And, like, so I'd always, like, if I'm bored at home and one of my brothers is home, I'll go see what they're doing. Whereas like, now I'm just, I know I sit by myself, kind of, just become more introverted. Maybe it's lack of 
lack of interest of other things to do, but yeah. But would you kind of hang out with your mother or? Yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah, like if she's cooking something or have a chat or just something like that. But it's a bit, it's a bit weird. Like there's less of a, there's less of a connection. Like, of course there's a connection, but it's like, I would say I wouldn't like hang out with her like alone. Like not, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, um, yeah, just, I wouldn't say that if I'm, if I've run out of stuff to do, I wouldn't go, go like hang out with her as I would with my brothers. Yeah. One of the things that's said about um, the age that we're in is because we have the internet and everyone's got mobile phones and all that sort of stuff that we aren't ever bored, you know, because there's always something to do and there's always a video to watch to entertain us. So do you, do you think that you do run out of stuff to do? Do you, do you get bored? Definitely. You can only check Facebook so many times or scroll through your Instagram feed so many times or all of that and I find that once I get that bored and then I'm like oh nothing to do I don't I kind of just you just I'm just left with this sense of like discontent like I should do something but I don't know what to do kind of um which could be just a result of um this technology just numbed me but I definitely try to break out of that I'm not as bad as like some people like you'll see people out on dates and they're just both on their phones or out with their friends and they're just like just snapchatting the whole thing or and then you'll see that and you're like like yeah that's that's cool but you should probably put your phone down and spend some more time with your friends it's definitely like the impact of technology i think it's made like a big difference in our generation compared to um the older generations mm. And do you try to consciously not be on your phone when you're around other people then? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Only when I'm like, like I don't want to be part of the conversation or like at a loss of what to say or like do. I'll just like maybe pull out my phone and, and check that. Tell me again how it was that you got into photography. I believe you said that it was your uncle who's a photographer who kind of sparked that interest? Um, yeah, so my uncle sparked my interest in film photography, okay. which um, I do credit with really driving like my passion. But I'd started in... I don't know what started it. Um, I think it was an interest in both photography and film. Yeah, it started in year seven when I got a camera. I did a project there for school through that. And then I kind of had a dry patch of, I didn't, I just didn't touch my camera really for like maybe a year. And then I picked it up again and started taking photos. I got a film camera from my uncle after that. Yeah, and then uh, I did a course for black and white developing and printing. And then from there it kind of kicked off and it's kind of snowballed into into what it is now. It's still snowballing, I guess. I'm about to kick off my HSC major project, which I'll do in black and white photography or colour or just photography. Yeah. So what themes have you been considering then? I've been leaning more towards kind of the youthful, like, just the experience of being youth. 
I guess, like, being a young person is kind of a bit ambiguous, like, it can be one thing, it can be another, like, it can bring freedom, it can bring, like, protection, or, like, it can, can, uh, be difficult, or it can be easy without the, uh, expectations of, like, working life, um, there's just so many, there's so many contradictory, like, um, characteristics of it, I guess, like, it's kind of just, like, all packed into a small amount of time, like, your discovery of self, which, I mean, doesn't just stop when you're not a young person anymore, or you're not in your youth, but I think it's definitely accented during, during your younger years, like, what, how are you going to define yourself, or who you actually are, it's all the big questions as you start to contemplate them seriously, as you're thinking about moving into, old, like, becoming older, and I don't know, like, it can feel so long, yet, like, your, your youthful years, like, can be like, oh, I want to grow up, like, I want to be treated as an adult, or it can be like, I don't want to enter the outside world, that's scary, I want it to last longer, so I guess that kind of interests me a bit, it's a very, it's a very broad subject, yeah. So you're in year 12 now? Uh, yes, kind of. I'm like in that transition <laughs> yeah. stage, yeah. And how long do you have left to go before you graduate? Uh, so I graduate my formal schooling term three. Uh, yeah, graduate from, from my formal schooling term three next year. So and when is that and how far away is that? That's about, I'd say, four, no, yeah, four terms away. Uh, which so what's is, that in months? <laughs> that'd be... Oh, around about 12 months. Oh, I see. So you've yeah. still got like a year left. Yeah. And okay. then um, and then I've got um, my final exams, which are after I finish my formal schooling. And so where are you in this process of finding yourself? <laughs> I'd have to say I have no idea. Um, I guess, like if anyone asks me, oh, what do you want to do when you finish? I'll say, I don't know, because I don't really. I'm just still trying to define myself. What do you think that would look like when you kind of finish that process? Um, I wish I wish I'd know because then I would have defined myself. But um, I don't know I think uh, I'll be hopefully content with uh, the person I am, uh, if that's possible. You don't currently feel content with the person that you are. I'd say I am, but I know that there's, like, a way to go before I'm, like, confident in, like, who I am and all of that. So how would you describe yourself as you are at the moment? Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. I describe myself as an observer of the world around me, I think. Yeah, I'd say I'm less of a participant and less, more of an observer, kind of looking, looking in at the moment. How do you yeah. feel about that, being an observer much more than a participant? Um, I'd say I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with being an observer at the moment because it gives me, I think it gives me time to appreciate life. And I'm not, I'm not saying that if I was participating, if I was more of a participant, I wouldn't appreciate life. But I think it kind of, yeah, it kind of gives me that, that view, a different, a different view to everyone. Would you say that you're more or less like an ordinary, regular kid? Do you feel different from other people or 
you know, do you think that you're more or less like everybody else? I'd say I'm, I'm like everybody else. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm that different. Like at this stage, everyone's like going through similar things, trying to like figure out what they want to do with their lives and all of that. There's nothing kind of setting me apart you know, on like a fundamental level. Do you talk about this sort of stuff with your friends and do you kind of see them, you know, trying to figure out who they are and figure out what they're going to do? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I think, like, with uh, with with my friends, it's like, if it comes up, comes up in conversation. But, like, there's always that room for, like, deep conversation in, like, with my friends, which I think is good. But, like, I definitely see everyone kind of trying to figure out, like, what they want to do. Like, it might have even started last year. Like, we have a work experience program at school, so it's like, people were like, oh, maybe I should try this for a week, or do this, or do that. You know, I think that kind of starts us on a path. Yeah, and I mean, that even started in, uh, when our school was getting us to pick subjects for year 11. They were like, oh, you need to think about, like, what you want to do. Like in you talk, I'm like, oh, okay, like what you want, what I want to do when I leave school. At that stage, I started to see everyone like begin to think long and hard about like what they want to do and who they are and all of that stuff. Yeah. And how did you spend your week of work experience? Where did you do that? I actually didn't do work experience. Oh, okay then. But <laughs> but I almost lined up some work experience working with a curator at the National Portrait Gallery. That's kind of what I wanted to try out, just kind of in that arts world. And I think trying on that more admin side gave my parents a bit of confidence in like, oh, there actually is a career in arts or something like that. So um, yeah, that fell through, but I uh, definitely would have preferred to do something around the arts, yeah. Your parents do seem quite encouraging of your photography interest and, you know, your leanings towards the arts and humanities. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, with with arts, with my interest in arts, it's more... I think they prefer it to be a hobby. I think that's out of, uh, out of fear that, like, there's not really much of a career in arts. But, I mean, there is, but they're like, oh, is there enough money in arts to and all of that, but, um, yeah, I think that's more their leaning. Do you worry about the things that they're worried about? Yeah, I'm, like, a little bit worried, but it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. I think it's more important for me to do something that I enjoy than to earn buckets and buckets of money, Mm. buckets loaded, yeah. It's a really nice house that we're in at the moment, your home. If it's the case that you end up pursuing a career in the arts and you know you say that you're not concerned about earning buckets and buckets of money are you concerned about not potentially being able to live as comfortably as you are now um like yes that's a worry but I think if I were to end up living like I mean we're in an extremely nice area and like tons of people live happily like in income brackets below this living in houses smaller than this and all that and yes I mean this this would be nice but I think put in that situation I'd 
eventually adapt to um to like just living in in a house not as nice as this and with an income not as not as high. There's a different perspective not being a major like the income earner. Um, I don't deal with the taxes and all of that and I don't I don't quite understand from that perspective yet. I know it could bother me later on, but I'll just deal with it. So you mentioned that you've been living here for the past six years. You guys were in Canberra before that as well. Um, Were you in a house just as nice? I know it's hard. It's hard to compare. I don't think it was as nice. It was still. It was still a very nice house. Um, Yeah, I really liked that house. Um, It was on the north side of Canberra in O'Connor. I think in terms of the community that surrounded us, it was better than this house. Um, we lived in a cul-de-sac and, um, we had families around us with, like, uh, similar-aged kids and, like, it was really good. I think moving here, we're closer to school and, uh, closer to, like, certain friends, but, yeah, I think, um, this house is bigger, definitely, but, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say. When I had arrived earlier at Lockie's house, he greeted me at the front door. So far, so typical of a standard Love Canberra interview. When I stepped inside, however, the next person I encountered was Lockie's mother, which was a first in Love Canberra history. She welcomed me warmly and the three of us stood in her kitchen for a pleasant moment. She offered us snacks and water for our chat. And then Lockie and I headed to the guest house. So I met your mother earlier and she seemed really nice. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Mm. Yeah. She's uh she's the extrovert of the family. She um she loves entertaining people. Which she says she inherited from her mother, so yeah. And so do you you guys then have a lot of people over all the time or? Yeah, I'd say we have we have people over pretty like not like really regularly, but we do have like people over. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Are you close to your mother? Um, I would say, in a way, we've kind of grown apart a little bit. Like, I mean, she's still my mother. Like, but I think over the, like the past few years, like, yeah, just moving away, like in terms of interests, as much. I used to really be into cooking we'd like kind of bond over that and yeah but I think as like I've moved towards photography and all of that like yeah I'm not sure like we're not as close as we used to be but like I mean lots of people find that the case as well as they move into their teenage years you kind of see that cliche of it's like in the movies it's like this parent walks in their kid's room like no go away the teenage is just really moody but I think like it's not it's not to that extent but I mean it's like just as you reach this age I think you kind of I don't know yeah you kind of just grow a little bit apart as you try to find yourself or stuff like that yeah I guess it's also because you guys used to have this thing that you would do together and now that you're not as interested in that thing and you're pursuing something that she probably doesn't have so much of an interest in or doesn't know very much about that's probably contributed to you know you're growing apart yeah 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 definitely I'd say so 
I mean, my mum still has interest in, like, art and, uh, yeah, like, she's still got a creative or flair, which I'd say I, I probably got from, from her if I got it from anyone at all. Um, but you still feel comfortable talking to her about stuff if anything is bothering you, if you're unhappy, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say she's my, like, first go-to. But I'm still comfortable talking to her about, yeah. Who is your like first that. go-to then? Maybe my friends, which is kind of a bit odd, but... Why well, is well, that odd? Actually, no, it's not really odd. I mean, it changes for a lot of people. Like, some people will be like, oh, first I'd go to, like, my parents, like, first up. But I'd say, I'd say for me, it's, it'd be my friends and then, and then family. Which yeah. of your friends are you closest to? I'd say there's about like two that I'm like really close to I'm close to which um yeah I'd go to how long have you known them one I've known since year seven and the other I've known since year five have you noticed yourself kind of drifting away from some people and you know getting closer to others yeah definitely I think I think that always happens during like high school like there's always like, oh, f- people fight and then they're not friends anymore. And like, oh, I hate this person. And you're like, oh, okay. And move away and groups kind of always shift. It's kind of ended up where it is at the moment. With my friend from year. Actually, no, I'd say with both both friends, I've um, stayed the same. Like I haven't really shifted away from them at all, which would probably be why they're my closest friends. What do you think it is that makes you guys so close? Or why do you feel close to them? I think it's kind of like a shared interest and long history together and all of that. It's kind of collective experiences together, which have just drawn us closer. Okay. And what about your father? Yeah, I'd say, like, I've got a good relationship with my dad. He's a pretty he's a pretty deep, deep-thinking guy. Hmm. Um, he's always open to talk to and all of that. He's the more introverted one of your parents, isn't he? I would say so, yeah. 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 It doesn't mean that he's, like, put it in his own head, like, hates other people and all of that. He's, he, yeah, he's just slightly more, slightly more introverted. Mm. Yeah. And so he was the subject of the photo that you entered into the Muse exhibition? Yes, he was, yeah. Yep. Um, went out for breakfast with both my parents and... Um, yeah, I was just looking at a menu and uh, just took the photo. I liked I liked the lighting on his face. It was soft. And the expression was good on his face. I liked that. Do you remember what he ordered? I couldn't say. Yeah. <laughs> what did you order? Probably guessing just bacon and eggs. That's, that'd be my guess. Mm. Yeah. I found it interesting that when we caught up for the first time that you ordered coffee. and di- Didn't you order something like a soy latte or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the soy the soy milk is probably to thank for my for my Asian genes and being a bit lactose intolerant. Yeah, just got a coffee. I like coffee, so yeah. I think it sounds a bit pretentious going up and asking, "Oh, can I please have a soy latte, thanks?" And but uh, yeah. How long have you been drinking coffee for? Um. Be hard to say. Probably like last year started. And yeah, it's just a good drink to have, wake you up a little bit. Good social drink. Hmm. 
So going back to the photo of your father, mm. um, he was something, and he's always kind of something of a reluctant muse, isn't he? I wouldn't say like a muse, but it, okay. like a subject, yeah. a subject of a photo. Uh, he doesn't like having photos like taken of him for some reason. Whenever I take a photo of him, he's like, oh, why do you want to take a photo of me? Like, not that interesting from a third party. You might find that photo interesting, whereas he'll just be like, it's just a photo of me. Yeah. Why do you like taking photos of him? I don't know, it's kind of like that connection as well as like, I don't know, it depends on the moment, stuff like that. I find if I take photos of my mum, she'll always smile, which, um, yeah, whereas my dad will just stay the same as what he's doing, so. So it goes back to what we were talking about before where, you know, once you're aware that someone's got a camera trained on you, you'd start acting differently, kind of? Definitely, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's part of it, yeah. Mm. So you mentioned that your father has shaped you a great deal? Uh, yeah, I'd say, like, both my parents have shaped me equally yeah. um, through, like, morals and, like, ethics and the way you act around people, like, just all of that stuff. Um, and so what kind of morals and ethics and so forth have they kind of imbued you with? I'd say, like especially like with my Christian background like that's had a big influence on who I am as a person today just like that general idea of just being a good person caring for others more than yourself or like just yeah do you think you do that I don't think I do it all the time but I think without that idea I would be like more selfish than I am today I think like it's extremely hard to care for more for other people more than yourself because when when you think about it that's technically going against like your basic human instinct which is like to look out it's like for yourself and what do you think about your parents and you know the way in which they might put other people in front of themselves how do you see them doing that well I see them do that every day for me driving me places or just like making me dinner or stuff like that or offering to get me a tea or, or a coffee or offering to help me with my study. And it's just all of these little things that kind of make up, make up who they are and like make up our kind of relationship. And I think like as I enter like a really intense period of like my schooling, it... uh it'll become more important and there'll be a bit of strain put on that. What do you mean a bit of strain? Like, where's that strain kind of coming from? People say, like, oh, your year 12 years, like, one of the most stressful things you can go through in your life. And I think as, like, you're put under more stress, you're kind of put on edge and, like, your, like, friendships and relationships are put under the microscope, kind of, um, and they're kind of really tested as, like, everything kind of changes. I think that, that'll be the case in the next year to come. So are you worried about the exams that are coming up? Well, you know, there's still some time to go, but are you worried about them? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. But I think it's kind of like an, an inevitable kind of uh, kind of thing, just it's going to come, it's going to go. 
So I think I've got to keep that in mind and I'll be all right. Do you feel like people make too much of a big deal about exams and they build it up too much and that winds up stressing students out even more? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, they are big exams. Like They're pretty much the biggest exams of like our lives so far. But I'd say like if you stress too much about them, it'll do you more harm than good. Mm. Yeah. Do you think you'll do okay? Um, it's hard to say at the moment. I don't. I'm, I have no idea how well I'll go. I think pe- people always ask me, "Oh, what what ATAR do you want to get?" And I'm like, "The best ATAR I can possibly get." Like, I don't have a number. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and you're still figuring things out in terms of like what you might do after that, and you're not too worried. You're more worried about the exams than you are about what will come after. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that, yeah. Mm. I think there's time for me to figure out what I want to do. Yeah, and there's, like, the possibility of a gap year if I really want to take one. What do you want for yourself? It sounds uh, clichéd, but, I mean, just happiness, I guess. It's, like, probably the most clichéd answer, but um, just a level of happiness would, would just do me good. And that's just, if that plays out, then that'll just be, like, everything that I want. You've been listening to Love Canberra. If you'd like to get in touch about anything at all, I'm at Love CBR Podcast on Twitter, and my email is lovecanberrapodcast at gmail.com. Check out the blog post accompanying this episode. Details are in the show notes, along with credits for this episode's interstitial music. The totally rad theme music is by Proletaire. If you enjoy Love Canberra, consider leaving me a review in your preferred podcasting app or just tell a friend. Okay, thanks for listening.